This is Bruising Backhands here. We are on episode number four. Uh, episode number three was a good one. Um, you know, unfortunately today we are down a man. Uh, we gained one back from that we've been missing for the last two episodes. We gained a, you know, what we have, we lost another one. Um, you know, do do some other things. Uh, guys, why don't you chime on in here? Let's let's get some names out. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Um, being a, a a steady Eddie with this, Kyle. I like to think that I, I'm first mate just via my attention so far. So. But yeah, Pat Pohop here, fresh out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Happy to be here. Nice, nice. Well, I'm I'm happy to be back. I'm Connor over here in Indianapolis, brought to you by Center Point Brewing Company, and uh, <laughs> hey. just hanging out on the on the near east side of Indy and uh, waiting for things to get warmer. Connor, why don't you talk a little bit about Center Point today? Let's give an unofficial sponsor. Oh, nice. Uh, well, dude, I don't want to. I don't want to hijack the, the other unofficial sponsors we may have. Oh, that'll be that'll be in the middle of the episode, so we're good. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. We got multiple reads here. Well, so so Centerpoint is this uh, fantastic brewing company over here on the east side of Indy, um, and it seems to be one of the only ones that uh, is still surviving. We've had a little <laughs> bit of a uh, <laughs> a string of closures of some some very popular breweries but the center point's still going strong they make excellent beer they have cool bartenders and employees and uh they're dog friendly which is always a plus and yeah all right that's our official sponsor today of of center point brewing here so we've got some some amazing topics you know anybody who hasn't seen the let's men's final you know better want to want to stop before before listening any further of the the recap and what we're going to be talking about uh we'll start off today with the american tennis uh, what's been going on, you know, Ben and Tommy, uh, Ben Shelton, Tommy Paul, and then you got the Novak Cincy Pots final. Uh, we'll hit the women's recap uh, final today. Um, we've got the, for some reason, Aussie always likes to, you know, up their game on technology-wise, so we're talking about the umpire chairs, see if they need to involve, improve those at anywhere else. Uh, and then everybody's talking about it, you know, what the predictions are for the French. That's the next major. You know, we've got Novak and Rafa at 22, so we'll be talking about that near the end of uh, today's segment. So let's kick off today. Uh, you know, the first topic of uh, of today's segment would be Tommy Paul and Ben Shelton. Uh, Tommy's definitely been on the tour for for a hot minute. You know, for a while. You know, I think he's up in his uh, same age as Dominic Team, I believe. So about 26, 27, I believe. And you've got Ben Shelton, fresh out of college from Florida. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the men's tennis both had to play each other in the quarterfinals. You know, the the, the Americans have been eliminated you know non-stop from the round of 16 to the semis uh it's you know uneventful they all always had to play each other you know it's kind of kind of kind of upsetting in my half but what do you guys think about you know the next round of you know maybe ben shelton kind of coming up and, and stepping up into the way to make the, make their way into american tennis you know maybe being the next you know agassi or sampras i mean it'd be hard but what do you guys think about maybe, you know, Ben Shelton coming up, you know, Tommy Paul, Sebastian Corda? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, so for me, at least, Kyle, to your point, it was a bummer that Shelton and Paul played in the quarters, but it did guarantee an American in the semis, which is nice. Um, haven't had an American male in the semis of Australia, I believe, since Roddick in 09. 2004, I think it was. No, it was before that. I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 2004. No, a, set, a guy in the semi, American male who made the semis of the Aussie 
the last guy, I believe, was Roddick in 09. I don't um, think that I don't I don't think an American made it until 2004. I don't think Roddick made it through the semis in 09, did he? That's that's just off the top of my head, but that's I mean I don't think he. That's either, that's neither. Here we will or... we'll do some fact checking here today <laughs> <Yeah>. against <laughs> against our 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 broski. Fact check. We could do some fact, but regardless, it's nice that a guy got to the. Uh, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard of Ben Shelton until this tournament. Um, he was an absolute blast to watch. Love the fact that he's a lefty, huge serve. You know, young guy, a lot of firepower. Um, so. Amazing for him. And then, yeah, Tommy Paul, he's been kind of a guy that's been, you know, uh, kind of on his way to almost being like a journeyman. You know, he's been on the tour for a while. Um, I think, yeah, like he's like 25, 26. But um, it's nice to see that, you know, he made a a good run at the tournament. Um, You know, tough, obviously, playing Novak in the semis. I mean, it's it's one of those where, you know, with that particular match, uh, the first set's really already lost before it's even played. I feel like Novak... You know, Roger, Rafa, those <laughs> they win the first set just based off reputation when they're playing such an underdog like that. Um, but honestly, incredible, incredible tournament for both of those guys. Um, unfortunate, obviously, with Sebastian Corda having to retire against Hashinoff. Because um, to me, he of those three, he was the guy that I, I thought was in the best form. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of moxie to him, beating Medvedev as well. Um, you know, I, I think he's got the most talent of those three individuals. Um, left so um, so hopefully he's going to be okay and recovering but um, but yeah I mean hopefully it's one of those two where Australia beginning of the year everybody's fresh and there's a lot of a lot of guys have a lot of like hopes and ambition and there always seems to be a couple guys you normally don't see that might make it deep in a tournament and we've had quite a few so I hope these guys use it as a springboard um, and they don't just kind of you know disappear into the void (laughs) after this so hopefully we see much more of these guys Um, and my prediction is that Corda is a guy that's going to continue to ascend um, and I think is going to win a major in a couple of years. We'll kind of go back onto this. So, so fact checking, Pat was correct, you know, so he actually did get that right. Nice job there, Pat. We'll kind of, kind of chalk one up on the, the ding, ding, ding record here. Connor, what's your take? I am like a tennis encyclopedia. I got to say, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to call me out, you better, you better know your stuff. So. Absolutely correct. This guy knows like every single <laughs> Players' record against every other player in every major for the last fifteen years. Off-hand. So what you're saying is we have a John McEnroe in the in the in the I'm in full the of chat. tennis knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I I think it's really exciting for American tennis. It's been a sort of I mean, I feel like we we always hype up these young American players, but they very rarely actually end up working out beyond like age twenty or so. Um, because I think we're more overhyping them more than that they're not good players. Um, I just think that we got so spoiled by Sampras and Agassi that we just like are trying to make everybody into that. And it's like not everybody's going to be LeBron, Kobe, or Jordan. You know, we got we, we got to get the like the, the rest of the league in there too. And yeah, so it's 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 exciting to see some guys get some results, especially young. It's awesome with the. Uh, Good old Blake Shelton there. <laughs> um, other other than the University of Florida connection, it's it's easy. I know, um, I know, it's that's bad. That's bad. You know, too bad territory for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can have Gainesville vibes in here. Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. Although they do have one hell of a tennis program down there, so you got to give <laughs> credit to too. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think I think it's just really exciting. I just uh, I kind of hesitate to get too excited because uh, I feel like we've had a few a few misfires over the last five years. No, I mean I agree. You know, I think you know we had back in the day when Roger was what early two thousands when uh, John Isner came in on the play, and you know that was definitely a. Uh, a nice, you know, nobody had seen anybody that big, that big of a serve. You know, I feel like he was definitely the first one to come in for American tennis that was just bombing serves left and right, you know, upper 130s, 140s consistently besides Andy Roddick. Um, but, de- you know, clearly his game has definitely fallen by the wayside. It's it's not enjoyable. It's just the game has changed, um, you know, but it is nice to see, you know, you've got Taylor Fritz that's still in the top 10, uh, he, even though he lost early. Uh, he's still number eight in the world um, after everything and, and the switching around. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Tommy goes up to now. And, of course, Ben, because I think going into the tournament, I think they were ranked outside the top. I think Ben Shelton was ranked outside the top 100. Like he was like, what, 159 or something like that? And he's wow. – yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't – it wasn't anything fancy. Again, you can fact check me. I'm pretty certain he was ranked outside the top 100 at like 150 or something. You know, makes it to a quarters. I mean, that the the amount of boost that that gives him is huge. But can he keep it going? That's the issue that we that American tennis I feel like has always had is we can't keep that consistency like your Rogers, your Novaks, you know, your Rafa's, um, you know, Andy Murray's, you know, when he was back in the day. Stan Favrinka, you know, yes, they weren't, you know, Murray and Favrinka weren't winning majors consistently, but where were they getting to? They were always getting to that next step of they always getting back to exactly where they were before, whether it was the round of 16 or the quarters or semis. They just couldn't get over that point because they always had to play the big three. So American tennis definitely has a lot room to room to, to grow and move. I, I agree. Court is probably the better one out of the three. Um, you know, his game is very good. Uh, hopefully he can make a full recovery, uh, you know, and come in pretty hot, you know, when Dubai comes in, I think at the end of February, I believe. And then, you know, come into March, you know, you've got the some other tournaments that are coming to you got the ATP, five, you know, 1000s. Uh, you've got the Indian Wells, and then you've got Miami. So both those tournaments, hopefully he can be fully healthy and American tennis can come back in on the the, uh, the upswing um, and see something. And, you know, definitely Fritz has got a lot to prove after winning uh, the California, you know, tournament yeah, last year. We'll see how he does and if he can back that up because that's a lot of points to lose if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of hop into here. Let's talk about the Novas Sitsipas. Um, I don't know if anybody – Connor, have you watched it? I, I watched some of it um, live because I happened to wake up fairly early this morning and uh, it was in the third set, um, which, I mean, at, at that point, like, it's essentially <laughs> over. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I still watched him fight a little bit. Uh, it was, I don't know, always always good to see a, a nice one-handed backhand in a final. Um, I agree, yeah. I agree. Other than that, not <laughs> the most <laughs> engaging thing for me, but that might have been more the uh, the 6 a.m. thing rather than, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just freaking sick of Novak. <laughs> He's just he just didn't look I mean it, it was insane to see you know s- that first set I was like you know as I'm watching it, you know it was like you know Novak got the early break at 1-3 and I was like oh shit I was like this is going to go out the window fast cuz I just thought it was going to take a downturn because he just was totally dominating 
he he won like 94% of first serve points. He hit was serving 80, let's see here, I think it was 80 for, or 72% first serves, 94% first serves won, and 80% of services altogether were won in the first set. Like that's, I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is going to be a routine final like it was yeah. when Rafa played Novak in what, 2018? Is that oh, that Australian Open? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like 18. It was 18 or 19 when he just like, Novak just, just whomped him. Made it like look like he wasn't even on the court. Um, that's pretty much what I thought. But Sitsipas actually gave him, came back and battled hard in the second set. You know, and then the third, he just, he had a set point in the third set and couldn't, couldn't close it. And I think that really got him down because he, I think he had like two set points. And Novak came back and won it and won the next, like, five points. It's like, okay. And I was like, this is bad. So, Sitsipas definitely has a lot to work on. That backhand is definitely uh, a little too wristy and too move me for me. Um, and the forehand was not on at all. Uh, he, he just was not hitting the forehand well. Um, and Novak was getting to everything like Novak does. You know, Mr. Gumby. Well, that was kind of the surprising thing for me, too, is, like, you know, Sitsipas, his forehand had to be firing all cylinders to have any hope of winning. And to me, in this final, this was the best his backhand has looked in a while for me. He, I, I agree. Mean, he, he shanked a couple, mm-hmm. but he, I mean, he, he had more winners off his backhand side than his forehand in the match. Um, and he was pretty solid. I mean, he was hanging in there pretty well in the backhand to backhand rallies. So I was pretty, I was pretty surprised by that. Um, I was, I was hoping it'd be, I mean, it was still like a three hour match. I was hoping it'd be more competitive because Sitsipas won their first two meetings. I mean, granted, Novak has run the table with with the with the rivalry or the head to head the last four years, but the last couple matches have been really close. Like Sitsipas was knocking on the door, so I was kind of hoping it'd be more competitive. Like you said, Kyle, that second set he had a couple set points, and I was like, if he could make this a set all, this would be interesting. I was like, but he's got to win this second set. Um, so unfortunately. You know, it, it didn't go that way because once Novak was up two sets, it was it was pretty much over. Yeah. The other thing I was kind of bummed, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the whole tournament, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, when Baghdadis had the Cypriot, like crazy soccer fans almost when he made that run to the 06 final. Uh, the the Greek contingent, the whole tournament was so loud and, and so insane, like for Sitsipas's run. They seemed to be non-existent in the final. Like, the I agree. Were like, it seemed to be like a 90% of the arena. The, the beer garden and stuff outside of the uh, the stadium when they were flashing into the crowd, it was all Serbians. I was like, where are the Greeks? Like, huh. you know, I, I was just kind of surprised by that. I thought that there'd be a little bit more of like a Greek contingent. Um, or I don't know, maybe just – and Novak tends to kind of kill crowds um, when he just – when he tends to <laughs> – Can't imagine why. Yeah, maybe I mean, we're doing this, you know. But I was – so I'm, I'm not surprised Novak won, but I was a little – I thought – I thought it'd at least be four sets, um, you know, so I just, to me though, I think it's still encouraging for Sitsipas. I mean, obviously it's still a really good result. I think, I think if he can shore up his backhand, um, he needs to learn to chip more on the return and to kind of neutralize the point. Like Roger did that so well. And I think he needs to, to learn to do that, but um, he's going into, you know, his best surface with, with the dirt. So I think he's, he's got a lot of positives from it. Um, I know he's, he's, 
yeah, he's he's kind of a douchebag, and his his dad drives me nuts. But um, <laughs> I like his game. I'm pulling for him. I think he's he does have the potential to win majors. But um, yeah, not surprised that Novak got the victory. Connor, any any suggestions? Yeah, I mean, I'm wasn't even remotely surprised either at this point. <laughs> like it's he's the guy is just. Oh man, the, the the fact that he makes it boring is like honestly impressive. In the same way that Roger made it look easy, Novak makes tennis look boring, and it's just like holy crap, man! Like that's that's a god given gift. Like maybe you really are the goat, but I don't know. <laughs> I just I uh, I don't know. I just yeah, tend every, not to watch his matches out of personal vendetta more than anything. I else. know, I know. Blowback is what y'all go for, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the, the tennis, like Sabanami, like you try to appreciate it because you're just like, yeah, we're we're potentially witnessing like like the best player ever. Um, it's, yeah, it's, absolutely. He's he's obviously now tied with Rafa. I think for career titles, he's now at 93, which is one ahead of Rafa. So when you look at career titles, he's ahead of Rafa. I mean, it's just. It's it's crazy. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, like he's a lot of his game is like is very vanilla, but at the same time, it's like when you watch his matches and you're like, the guy's never gonna miss. Like the fact that he yeah. rarely does is incredible. Like yes, it's it's especially when you're not a Novak fan, it's maddening. Um, but you're at the same time, from a technical standpoint, at that level, and he's the fact he's 35 and still doing his thing, it's incredible. I'm just like, the dude is. And I, and I think he faked the hamstring injury. I, Novak's known for playing. <laughs> so I'm not buying that that he was limping into the final, but um, it's still the guy. Just it's 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 crazy that he's he's unreal. You know, he's just he's such a complete player. The only thing that's probably yeah. still suspect in his game, and it doesn't have to be good, is his overhead. His overhead's always been trash, but literally hilariously he, trash. Yeah, he's and short this one. He made it look routine, though. Yeah, his he's like. A lot better. His slice is a lot better, but his overhead has been trash since 2006. And he's like worked out his serve, like did like total overall, like what twice in his career now. Yeah. And like didn't think to ever touch his overhead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, man, you don't really need to. Broke. Yeah. He though. Oh, he just he controls everything. It's almost like when Rafa, you know, he doesn't. Rafa is not the. And again, Rafa is a hell of a volleyer, but he's not the best, and you can tell. But yeah. he gets. He gets away with it easy because he doesn't have to really volley very much. His, he just puts the ball away and puts it to where they, they're they not going to be, to where he either wins the point or they pop it up, you know, and it's going to be out. So it's it's one of those things that it's it's wild to see. And, and I enjoy, like I said, I, I don't mind Novak by any means. You know, he is very cocky. But, you know, it was, it was nice to see him come in and, and, again, be 35 years old and mop the floor with these, you know, 20 – 20 some year old guys, you know, and make just, and just re- make it routine. Um, you know, you could see Sitsipas in the final uh, and, and at the uh, commencement ceremony, he just was very pissed off at himself. Like you could tell he just was like, this is bullshit. You know, like I'm never going to win a final if these guys are in here and it's, you know, and I'm getting close because he's what 24. Yeah. So, you know, how many, how many years does, does Novak have who, who knows? You know, I don't think he's got, you know, I think he's got some years. I think he'll go till probably 38, 39. You know, I think he'll start slow, yeah. start to slow down, you know, kind yeah. of like Roger, you know, it's not going to be that, that dominant effect, but he'll be able to win some, ter- some, maybe a, a small tournament, 
Um, but he'll struggle at majors because the other guys are just getting better and they're faster. Um, you know, so it happens with age, but it was definitely in, in cool to see, you know, a 35 year old win the major for the 10th time at the Aussie, you know, the land down under is he is dominated. And I think that's why kind of going to what you said there, Pat, is that, you know, yes, the Greeks were, were, were there the whole, the whole tournament, but when it comes down to a final, if Novak's is there, dude, Serbians come out out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's wild, you know, it's, it's like the, you know, the, the, the Thor, it's, you know, the Asgardians just come out of fucking nowhere, man. <laughs> it honestly, Thor just comes down with and puts the hammer down. It's incredible though. Like when you look at his record, you know, 10 for 10 in Aussie open finals. I mean, it's, it's like Rob being 14 and 0 at the French, like it's just unreal stats. Like just say what you want about Novak, but that's just, it, it's just, that's unbelievable. Um, is he is is Rafa fourteen and zero? I thought he was thirteen and one, or fourteen and one. He hasn't won. I thought he up in final. Um, when did he lose to Favrinka? That was the final one or semis. Oh, uh, Nadal. Yeah. I has he lost to Wawrinka at the French? I think he did because Favrinka won that because he beat Novak. The, I think the time before, or they played each other, and then Favrinka went back and won it. I'm pretty certain. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty certain. I think he's 13 and one. I think he's 14 and one. Because I, 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 I got. I'm pr- pretty positive Rafa hasn't lost a French Open final. Like, Let's I think see he's here. Because he played, he played Wawrinka in like the 2017 French, I think, and destroyed him. Destroyed Wawrinka. Um, and Wawrinka beat Novak in like 2015, I think, at the French Open. And then Novak won the following year in 2016. And then it was either 2017, I think it was 2017, was Walrinka got back to the final. He might have beat him before the final, but Rafa, I don't, he's never lost a French Open final. Djokovic is the only one. Let's see here. Let's see. We had Soderling in 2009 in the fourth round. Yep. Um, Djokovic. Twice. In the final? No. He never beat him in a final. That's the thing, when yeah. Did, I think the two years. When well, did Favrinka beat when beat Rafa? When was that one? I don't was that in the final or is that in a semis? That, uh, Favrinka beat Novak. Novak beat Rafa in straights that year in the quarters. Yeah. Yeah, because it was twenty. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Novak beat Rafa in straights in the quarters, and then Walrinka ended up winning the tournament. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other time, Novak beat Rafa. It was the quarters or semis in twenty twenty one, right? And then he ended up winning, coming back with that comeback from Sitsipas in the final. Semis against Novak. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, and he was he was up six three in the first. I forgot about that, man. So, but uh, but yeah, it's yeah, just incredible records that these guys are setting. It's just it's yeah. insane. And I will say too, Kyle, to your point, and I kind of like that. It, like sits a pass looking like pissed and like gutted because to me it's just like he wasn't just happy to be in the final. He was like, I want to win this tournament. You know, some guys oh. that you know. You know, they might just be happy to be there. He he wants he wants to win majors. He's not just happy getting the the runner up trophy. 
So, um, I don't know. So it's, it's one of those where, but it's crazy. Cause it's like, you know, I, I still see as long as Rafa is still in the French open draw, I mean, he's always going to be a favorite. And then you got to think Novak's still going to be a threat at majors for, it could be for a couple of years still. Well, he just took over the number one ranking with winning this tournament and he's now what? 347 weeks now. Some crazy yeah. stat that no one. Yeah, I think it's like <laughs> no. I mean, we thought we thought Rogers was pretty untouchable, but Roger did it more consistently, though. I feel like Roger stayed at that top number one spot more consistently. Novak's been kind of like it's been more hit or miss. So he'll have like a couple years where he's number one, and then he'll lose it, you know, and then he'll come back at number one. So Roger had it consistently for like, oh God, what from two thousand and five six or four to like 2000 and what nine to 10 so like six or seven years in a row he was number one and didn't move from the spot so that's pretty dominant but it's just it's it's insane what 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 novak does on the court and just makes it look effortless you know he he slips and slides and is all over the court and what he gets to you know his backhand is definitely the the more powerful weapon of the of, of all um, and serve wasn't looking bad either. So I think that really caused an issue with Sitsipas. And, you know, of course, the the return game, Sitsipas has a pretty decent size serve, and it was definitely coming. But you're playing against the best returner in the game. Your your serve either has to be pretty much almost like Rogers, where you're you're put you're pinpointing it and putting it exactly where you need to, or you're gonna lose. Yeah. I think that's the big thing too, like with especially when guys are playing Novak is like, there's always like, you know, guys have to do this or there's always like ifs and it always, but it always seems to be for the guy playing Novak, like since will compete well because, or if his forehand is on, if he hits spots on the serve, like, you know, it's, you never hear of like, you know, Djokovic, you know, he'll win if he does this, like, it's just like, it's like guys just have to like red line and play like, even if they play like a perfect set, it's like, you know, you got to win three. Yeah. It's it's just crazy. So, um, but yeah, hats off to Novak for sure. But, you know, I I wouldn't be upset if that was his last one. Same. <laughs> so. And Curios is coming, dude. Curios is coming. <laughs> we come back stronger than ever with injury. I think oh if I'm not mistaken, I think I looked at his, his feed on Twitter and he said something. Let's see here. Well, apparently him and Oh, Noah what Curious did? Oh, what a spell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like best friends now. They have like a little full-blown bromance. They even call it a bromance, which is like, is it a bromance if you both call it a bromance? Oh. Like, doesn't somebody else have to say that? Nick said he so goes, he'll get 28 in. slams easy. I mean, they might not be wrong. So, and then he also said at seven hours ago, he said, we created a monster. Well done, Novak. Or J- Joker, Noel. Sat on my couch and enjoyed the entire show. So- soak it all in. <laughs> so, mm. he's definitely a, a hoot and a half. But, yeah, it's wild. that. I, I, yeah, I think they did. They hated each other forever. Yeah, then they, all went, uh, then they went out to dinner together, and I think that they bonded over their shared um, hatred of the government or something. I, I don't know. Because, like, <laughs> Originally, Kyrgios was, like, super, like, pro-vax. Like, remember, he was, was absolutely roasting Novak. And then, um, I don't know, he got, like, a parking ticket or something like that. And then his, his tune changed somewhat. So, I, I don't really know what happened there. But 
Yeah. <laughs> Remember him like literally accusing Novak of like risking people's lives and needlessly and shit when he had that COVID tournament. And then, um, yeah, next thing I know, they're like sharing steak dinners on Instagram. I think a lot of it has to do with the fi- the, the Wimbledon final. You know, it's that the el- mm-hmm. most elegant tournament. I think that kind of helped that he made it. Yep. I, you know, I mean, he it was a fluke that he made it because he play- he would have played Rafa. And I think Rafa probably would have beat him. But that's just me. Um, but definitely yeah. Rafa pulling out with a abdominal injury definitely is – I mean, it, it sucks. But it's part of the game. You know, you can't control what happens, what injury people get on the court. Um, but, you know, I mean, just to know that he played and he got – he got what? Did he get a set off of off of Novak? Uh, I think he won it. I think he won it in four. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Novak, Novak won, won it in four. Set. Yeah, he won the yeah. first. Actually, yep. So, so, um, so to know that he did better than Sitsipas at the Aussie Open this year, you know, shows that he's not terrible. It's just you have to bring yeah. a different level, and you have to make make Novak off balance, and it's hard. But you have to keep him guessing on what you're doing. If you get concisive and, and very predictive, he's just gonna he's con- gonna control the whole the whole score, and you can't do it. To, to to piggyback off what you were saying earlier, though, with um with how Tsitsipas is like seemed hungry afterwards, like he was like legitimately pissed that he didn't win. Yeah, like we saw that from Curios too. I mean, sort of like he did it in this weird like Curios way, where he was almost <laughs> like, oh, I'm just happy to be here, but it was like he wasn't happy at all. Yeah. So, I don't know. So I I think I think we might see that from sort of this like I hate to call it a lost generation because that term's super overused, but like the no, I guess the uh, starting with Dimitrov, ending with Tsitsipas era of all these super high promise players like Zverev and all of them. Like it seemed like none of them had that killer instinct at all, um, which was a really bad matchup against the big three who are all cold blooded assassins. Um, but it seems like some of these guys are kind of like not growing up but like kind of growing up well they're probably I mean as much as like a lot of the the general public I'm sure wants to see new major champions I'm sure a lot of these guys are just like pissed they're just like we it's our time like we want majors yeah I think part of it too is almost is like a lot of it is like they they respect these guys almost too much to where it, it, it gives you know, these greats now with just being the Dahl and Novak, too much respect. Like, it's it's just a lot of, like, they still go out there a lot of times, I feel like, in that, especially, like, in a Grand Slam final, like, that that first set is already won psychologically by the yep. Dahl you know, and it, I just think that that, and it's crazy that it's still a thing. It's like, yeah, these two guys in Federer, like, they're the three best players, in my opinion, ever. And it's just like, I just think, but I'm sure, like, y'all, these guys, they're, they're sick of it. I mean, it's like, Sitsipas could easily, I mean, he's like, he could have two majors right now. You know, it's, uh, um, you know, Zverev could have a couple. Medvedev could have, really, Medvedev should probably have at least two. You know, it's just like these guys, I'm sure that, yeah, they're just like, we want, we want to, we want to take home the main hardware. So, um, but as of right now, I mean, Nadal and Djokovic, they're, they're not going anywhere. I think a lot of it's just nerves. You know, they're playing these guys that, you know, they're in their 20s. You know, they grew up watching these guys back in the day. I mean, you know, if you look at Tsitsipas, you, you know, 10 years ago, he was 14, you know, and Novak was 25, you know, on the tour making major finals, you know, and did he win one at 25 or did, did he finally win his first one at like 28, 27? Who, Novak? Yeah. His first one so was, I thought, 
at, at the Aussie, and he was 20 back in uh, 08. Oh, he was 20? Yeah, he beat uh, okay. Saga in the final. Blaze so see right there. So see what I mean? It's just like, it's one of those things that these guys have looked up to him for so long. Yeah. And to play them in a major final, knowing that these guys have been here so many times, it's just like the nerves get to you. You're like, shit, like I've got to play. I've got to step up my game. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. So it's a lot of mental part that these guys have to deal with. And I think a lot of it's almost too much. So it's almost like a too much of a mental stimulation that they can't wrap their minds around it. Cause they're like, shit, I've grew up, I've grown up watching these guys. Now I've got to play them, you know, and I'll play them. He's played Novak twice now. And I think Novak did a tweet to where he said he didn't think uh, Pass has made a major final, but he had forgotten about the French Open in last year. Oh, or two years ago. Yeah. 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 Sitsipas, he didn't really take it to heart. You know, it's shit, you know, it happens. But it's the point that, you know, <laughs> he's made it there and he played, he played him and he doesn't, he doesn't remember. But it just shows that the nerves get to you and, it, and it's going to, they're going to keep getting to people. You know, until you can get over that hump and defeat them in a final, and even even if you even if you do, and you got to play them in another final. Your nerves are still going to be there. It's all it's all nerves and yeah. how you control you, how you control and compose yourself. You know, I think Sitsi Paz coming into the tournament, I think he's played probably the best tennis I've seen yet, and I can't even stand the fucker. <laughs> I think he's a total tool, but that's just me. But I think watching him play, like he he was coming out strong confident like wasn't missing shots going for everything you know he just was wasn't afraid to hold back and let loose but then i think going into play novak he held he held things back because she's like i'm trying okay i'll play a little bit more consistent a little bit more um easy you know maybe just try to get the ball and play but you can't do that against novak you got to play and, and go for winners if you're not going for winners you're not going to win yep 100 yeah. percent. you got to take it from them Yep. All right. So enough about about the, the the two people that are you know that are the most hated on on the tour, I'd say. <laughs> so let's let's jump into the women's final uh, recap. You know, again, I didn't watch very much. Uh, the women's tennis, I feel like, is very open for anybody. Um, really, the only most dominant one would probably be, I'd say, Iga Swiatek. I believe is probably the most dominant women's you know out there since Ash Barty uh, retired last year. Um, was it last year or two years ago? Last year. Ago last now? year. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Cause she's not defending her title. So I think she was probably the most dominant women's since, you know, since Serena, honestly, you know, she was winning, you know, ma making major finals, winning them. Uh, and then Iga's kind of stepped into her role, you know, now and has done a fantastic job, but after Iga, it's not like, you know, back in the early, you know, mid two thousands, you know, you were seeing, you know, Serena was winning everything, but you were also seeing Maria Sharapova. You were seeing Victoria Azarenka. You'd always sure. see consistent players in the finals. Nowadays, you'll see some, you know, some Jane, Jane some Jane Doe that you've never even heard of make a, <laughs> make a major final. And you're Azarenka. like, who is this? <laughs> yeah, or or Azarenka coming coming back. So it's it's just wild that I think it's just <laughs> so open, um, and it's open for anyone to come in and, and take a to take a swing for for a major. So it's and they're always going to have new names and faces, I think, but. Pat, why don't you lead us off on the women's final recap of Sabalinka and is it Rabakina? Is Rabikina, that correct? Yeah. Rabakina. Yeah, Rabakina. I've heard Rabakina as well. Rabakina. Okay. I think she's the only one that really knows how to pronounce it. But um, honestly, I, I watched the final from start to finish. It was really entertaining. I mean, they were just both players just crushing the ball because both of them just are like hit a huge off both sides. 
both huge serves. I mean, they were hitting some buck 20 serves out there. Um, that third set, uh, Sabalenka was aver- averaging like 85 miles an hour on her ground strokes. Forehand and oh. Yeah, she just kept <laughs> elevating. She, Sabalenka had like 50 winners in the match. And then Rebecca <laughs> had like 35. I mean, it was, it was, it was just a slugfest. Like it was really from start to finish. Like it was just a blast to watch. Um, it was interesting too, because Rabakina, I mean, she won the w- Wimbledon last year um, and people kind of forget that. And she had kind of like kind of a mute celebration because of all the, um, you know, the awkwardness going on with like Russia, Ukraine, stuff like that. And she, I don't know if you guys saw, she was pissed when she got put on outer courts. She was like on court 17 or something for her first round match. And she was like, I'm the Wimbledon champion. Like, why the hell am I on an outer court? Um, so she kind of had like a chip on her shoulder, I think, from like the first day of the tournament. Um, and then obviously beating Iga in straights, four and four, it's like, okay, like she's she's not messing around. Um, and then Sabalenka, like the fact that, you know, a year ago, she was averaging 15 double faults, you know, a match. <laughs> Service woes. And then literally, guys... I don't know if you saw the very first point of the match, Sabalenka double faulted. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> Coming back. Um, she still had probably, I think, like seven or eight double faults in the match. But still, she's, you know, obviously she she literally, she kind of gave away that that first set. The second set could have gone either way. And then the third set, Sabalenka just, just kept hitting the ball harder and harder and harder. It was just crazy. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, both players just, I thought just were training at the same time. Um, and honestly, like credit to Sabalenka because everybody maybe knows her, her potential and the fact that she's now in that, you know, that major champion club. And I think that she could definitely win, win a few more, but it was, that was one of the more, um, fun women's matches I've seen in a while. And I think it was the best match of the tournament and very fitting that it was the final. Well said. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot because, like I said, I didn't really watch a whole lot of the women's tennis. You know, I feel like this tournament's the, the tough one to watch, just because matches start at seven and they're over by, you know, six thirty, seven a.m. If there's if there's no rain delay or issues, you know, and I mean that's my, you know, my bedtime is you know is a child's bedtime pretty much, you know, nine nine o'clock, you know, so I'm not staying up for these late matches, and I I forget I record it. <laughs> Totally get it. <laughs> so, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, congratulations for for Sabalika. I think she definitely deserves it because um, I think she's made a couple major finals and just hasn't been able to get over the hump of getting that W, and she finally hits it. Um, so hopefully that kind of calms her nerves. But you always got to watch. I feel like, you know, what did you say, Connor? Hmm? Oh, I thought he said something. Um, so I feel like Iga is you know definitely the more dominant but you you always have that feeling that you always have to play Iga and Iga's not a she's not going to win you with with power you know she's very tricky um and decisive of what she's going to do and she's just consistent you know so I think that's that's so she's almost like a, a Novak version of uh, on the women's side you know very consistent gets the ball back in play she gets a lot um you know Robert you know <clears throat> Savalinka is more of that that Andy Roddick type style you know, ground and pound one, two, call it a day. Um, it feels longer than than five or ten. You know, ten ground strokes. She's. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work. But yeah, that's just how I see it. Yeah. <laughs> that's off to her though. 
Yeah, yeah. Congratulations for both the the men's and and the women's. It's it's it was huge to see for the first major of the year. Uh, we've got a lot more to to go. You know, they've got another nine to ten months of the season. So that's just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately. Um, so let's kind of see. You know, we kind of talked a little bit, you know, briefly before we decided to before we started today's podcast. Um, I'm sure everybody's seen the chair umpires at the Aussie Open. Uh, you know, they're they're very curved, very you know. Uh, I guess the architectural design of them are pretty intriguing. Um, and I feel like the, they're a little bit more protective than the others, uh, you know, at like the Wimbledon's, uh, your French, you know, should everybody can continue to do something like that, you know, to whether they're that, that close to the court, you know, does that give it more of an advantage for the umpire? Does that give it more of a disadvantage for the players? Um, you know, cause now they can hit things. Um, you know, they've got that big massive rug and I think I've seen a couple players trip, um, over that rug if they were as they were walking, because that's a pretty big piece of machinery, you know, thing that's right on the floor. You know, just imagine if a player trips and sprains his ankle and now he has to pull out. You know, what's that going to do to to the chairs? Is that going to cause an issue, or what do you what are some of you guys' things and takes? So I like the Aussie Open chairs. I think it's it's a good concept. Um, I don't know. I think it just it, it might just kind of help with branding, honestly, for the game. With it showing up on television, the last thing we wanted some rickety old freaking umpire chair with some probably not very fit person sitting in it, you know, <laughs> yelling out wrong calls. You know, that's that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool design. Um, it does seem like it's way too close to the court. It seems like chair umpires in general the footing of it is too close to the court. I always found it interesting that they always slant back instead of slanting forward. Because, like, the whole point is to get the chair umpire closer to the court, but, like, you need to be able to get through that area. I don't know. It just just always thought it was weird. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they could do, like, a suspended one. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good idea. Get it on some... Um, on some cables like uh like the NFL's like freaking cameras crazy cameras if anyone's gonna do it I feel like Australia would because they yeah. see the trailblazers for uh new technology and facilities and um renovation stuff like that so that'd be pretty cool I were they were they one of the first ones that actually had an enclosed like a cl- closed roof uh I yeah, believe they were the first. Yeah, the first. I think so. So <laughs> there you go. That says yep. it on up. Now the rest of the majors have it. Um, you know, French just got it this past year. I think was their first time. I think was their first or second year. I believe. Yeah, they just got it. Okay. Yep. And then so now now every one of them has it. You know, but it definitely helps because it looked like there was quite a few rain delays and rain calls. But it, it's nice that they can still get games and matches played because otherwise, you know, I think. Um, during the Novak or uh, Murray match, he was very pissed off that he's out there playing until two, three a.m. You know, knowing that he has to go back out there, out there, you know, in a matter of a, you know, now he has less time to prepare for his next match um, and less recovery time to play his next one. So, you know, I know he was kind of throwing a couple, couple issues of and bows um, at that, but it's nice to kind of see technology stepping up. Uh, you know, definitely with no, 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 uh, 
referees in the back and line judges. Um, it's all all regular calls, you know, by by uh, pretty much intelligence and, and computer that they just detect where the ball is. And I think that's the best way to go because uh, the, the human eye is only going to catch so much. And having the having one less person to to be out there on the court to cause an issue or problem um, is is I think better. So I think it makes the game a lot more impressive. Uh, but definitely the chairs are are definitely cool. I feel like you can put like if you're a big big company, you know they have a big big way to advertise their brand instead of on these little tiny wooden chairs, you know that you see at the Wimbledon that are back from like the 19 you know 1980s that you know are rickety rockety and it looks like they're about to break. You know it's hard well, to put they did something. They get new ones uh, this year at Wimbledon, but they're still they still are yeah. so classic and old school. You know, whereas Aussie's got these massive things that kind of come up in the branding. You can put, you know, your logo on it, whatever you want. It looks so much better. So I agree. It's definitely, but it does compose a little bit of a threat. You know, I feel like it is a little close because uh, if you're, these guys are slipping and sliding all over the court 24 seven. So it's, you know, you don't want that chair to be that close to where you, you know, you clip it and now, or the ball is, you know, right over the net. Your, your racket ends up hitting the thing because you couldn't get to the ball your racket hits the chair and now it's like what do you do do you call do you call let do you give the other guy the point like it's hard to tell yeah no for sure i think it's yeah one of those if they could i love the design i think if they scoot it back off the court um a little more then i think they've got a recipe for success well connor we're gonna we're gonna have you see if send your design of the uh the the floating chair to Sweet. to atp please <laughs> So we oh, want yeah. you to submit that so we, we yeah, can we'll add that onto our podcast. Year. Awesome. Awesome. Great. At least, <laughs> at, at least from, uh, from, um, from Louis Armstrong and, um, and, and Arthur Ashe. That'd be sweet. And then get some yeah, sort of, you need like, the roof to like hang it from. Yeah. And just have like some sort of like white claw banner or like. Oh, decap, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You're going to do it. Maybe a nice center point and brewing company. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they have like just a bunch of like debaucherous sponsors, like you know. We we oh uh, yeah, dude. This this is a great idea actually. We should start a local tournament. It's like the New Virginia Slims, where all of our sponsors <laughs> are like major vices. We can get some like some like Delta Eight, which is legal here in Indiana. We can like get some of those guys and um, some breweries, dis- distilleries. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like a petroleum company, like BP or something. There you go. <laughs> you know how they have like the, they'll have like the ice bags, like on the court of the Aussie. So they should have like the ice coolers, but in there is like kegs in like courts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 They yep. got on during changeovers. They got to, they got to top themselves off. Johnny yeah. Mack would enjoy that one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the drunk beer tournament. Yeah. Like every, everyone should be required to have at least two beers before the start of the match. <laughs> <laughs> have to have one beer in between each set. Obviously. Oh man, it sounds very safe. I feel like um, <laughs> we we could have like major insurance companies probably sponsors too. <laughs> that's that's not a liability whatsoever. Yeah, maybe some PI firms could get on board. <laughs> oh lordy, I love it. That's an accident. That's an accident waiting to happen. Oh yeah, gold mine, uh, absolute gold mine. <laughs> All right, we'll do a quick, quick, uh, you know, break here. Uh, today will be a, an unofficial sponsor from the Fountain Square Brewing Company here. Everybody can see, you know, 
Fountain Square Brewing Company is a small small brewery. Uh, we will everybody go out and support them as much as possible. Uh, they are in some rough times, so if you can go out and get their beer, whether it's at the distillery, um, if you don't know where Fountain Square is, it is on the uh, east side, uh, just a little south of the downtown area, uh, southeast. Um, great great food, uh, great beer. Um, definitely, you know, go ahead and, and grab some some of their stuff. Uh, they've got the Working Man's Pilsner. They've got the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, what preacher's daughter is another one by them. Yeah. So but both of those are, both those are pretty so, top solid beers. Um, so please go out and support your local breweries. Um, T- Fountain square in particular, uh, we don't want their doors to close. So if you can get out there and, and, and support them as much as possible. Uh, so we, we can keep their, that legacy and that, that company going. All right. So for let's kick off the last, uh, option here for today and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, so everybody's talking, not just, you know, ATP, you know, tennis channel, you know, you've got ESPN, everybody and, and all sports, you know, like I'm sure everybody's seen, you know, just, saw, you know, watch the tournament, you know, I'm sure football players, ba- baseball players, you know, are all, all watched it. You know, we've got the French open that's coming up and, you know, Rafa and Novak are at both at 22 majors. Um, who's going to be that next one to take that 23rd. Uh, that is the next one to really come up and everybody's talking about it. You know, it's definitely with French coming up and Rafa being so dominant with winning it 14 times out of his 22. You know, I think that's kind of kind of bogus and bullshit at this point. But that's just beyond my beyond my my reach. But I mean, it is definitely something that you have to put him up there as a contender every every year. He's he's so dominant, just so such a stud on the court. Um, but then you've also got Novak that's, you know, said he had a a quad injury, you know, or a hamstring you know, going into the clay courts, you know, as well, you know, when the French hits up, you know, you have to be firing on all cylinders. Your your body has to be ready to go. It's softer, uh, but it's a little bit harder, I feel like, as you slide. Uh, so, you know, definitely I call bullshit on the, the hamstring injury. But, you know, if that hamstring injury is there, it, it can't be, especially against Rafa. But it's – I honestly don't know. I, I couldn't tell you who's going to be the first one to win a 23rd major. Um, if I had to take a guess just based on the situation, I think Novak's probably going to take that. Unfortunately, um, just because he's looking a little bit more dominant, uh, you can definitely tell Rafa's kind of, you know, having he's been prone to more injury lately. Um, you know, he had the abdominal injury at Wimbledon, and then that he had what did he pull out with at Aussie? Ankle? He had like a hip. It said it was like a hip issue. Was it a hip? Okay. Almost. Um, and then somebody dangerous. said they saw him uh, limping at the airport as he was leaving Australia. So, so hopefully. He's- Hopefully it's not too. So like an injury limp or like a like a like a pimp with a limp kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe Rob, a little bit of both. Those kind of vibes, but um, I, <laughs> especially especially now he's got a now he's got a newborn. But maybe he's got that. that that's all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always been the vibe I get from Rafael yeah. Nadal. <laughs> he has the open chest and just kind of yeah, got that yeah, moxie yeah. about him. You yeah. know, you go, Rafa. <laughs> yeah, you do you, bro. He's doing his pimp walk to his yacht. I don't blame him. His yacht, yacht is pretty is, sweet. Not gonna lie, it, it looks pretty, pretty baller. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think, his, I think his wife is a supermodel. I believe. Oh, I'm sure. Or a, some type of a, of a model, and then I think that they're pregnant too with their first kid. Nice. Wait, so he he doesn't have a kid yet? No, he. Mm-hmm. No, they oh, did. This is his first one. 
Yeah. Man, he lived that bachelor life, dude, for his like whole damn career. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they just had a kid. He wasn't the he wasn't the Roger, you know, era where he's just, you know, pump and get two kids, you know, back to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't he didn't do the Taylor Fritz and get married at age fifteen. <laughs> Goat status. Man. Hey, I mean, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that if no, they're it's... both uh, if they're if they're both healthy, I feel like you got to give the edge to Rafa, man. Like he's just he's been so dominant on that surface. He's been you know obviously more dominant than anyone has on any other surface. Like he's absurd. And but yeah, I think I think that has been kind of the big question heading into each of the last about five Frenches is like, is this guy's body gonna make it? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it's definitely like a, it's a pretty uh, like sexy storyline for sure. Both of them having 22 going into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just your guys' points. I mean, if, if Rafa, uh, and you would think hopefully with the injury not being too serious, he's got plenty of time to recover and prepare for the event that um, you got to give him, you know, the, the favorite, the top, top dog uh, guy to beat at the event. But I mean, Novak has beat him twice there. Very few guys have ever actually beaten Rafa at the French. So he's got that going for him. Um, you know, my prediction is I think if Roth is healthy, he gets to 23. Um, but I also think that, you know, Djokovic, he's to me, he's a legitimate threat at every single major. So there's a very good yes. chance he could still get to 23 at Wimbledon. Um, the U.S. seems to be kind of a wild card the last, you know, three years with different winners. But I think Djokovic has much better chance of actually getting to 23. But if Rafa is healthy, um, you know, you got you to gotta make him the favorite going into it. But it should yeah. be fun. I think Rafa, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's had a couple of the French Open tournaments where he's been – he's had injuries and had to take medication and, like, pain injections, and he still has won the tournament. So it's it just shows you that – it just – yeah, I mean, it's just – it's wild to show it that absurd. even if he's if he's injured, he's still going to go out there and dominate because, you know, you everybody saw he doesn't – you know, when he walked off the court of Aussie, you know, and lost – against mcdonald you could tell he uh, you know it looked like he was a little, a little sluggish um but he's one of the the classier players i feel like on tour he won't pull out and retire you know i right. think it kind of i didn't see what really happened to, to to sebastian corda um i didn't really see a whole lot of issues like what what happened you know i don't know maybe he just pulled out because he was getting his ass kicked so bad by by hatching off i hope that's oh. not the issue a little bit a little bit of a dig american tennis i know i know yeah Oh. I hope he's got a little I, more moxie than that. I, I hope think, so. I think Sebi just unfollowed our uh, our podcast. I think yeah. I think he's I think he's done now. I think he's done. He's gonna give me the middle finger and go tell me to go you know end myself. But no, I I think I don't know what happened. Um, I didn't really see the issue. Um, again, I I hope that's not the problem. You know, I feel like sometimes again it's, it has nothing to do. It's not even just on him. I feel like some players they'll you know they'll play in a match and they'll be losing. And then all of a sudden they'll say they have an injury, you know, or say, hey, you know, I've, I injured my my right ankle or my my calf or something, you know, I'm done, you know. And then it's like they walk off and, and you're seeing them walk off without it, without a limp or issue. And it's like, yeah, what? What's it like? The US if Open you're hurt, final. so frustrating. <laughs> the which one? Like in the U.S. Open final, man, those just phantom injuries that pop up. <laughs> I hate those. Funny how that works. Yeah, wild. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know. 
again, I could be I could be to- total full of shit, but that's just me. I don't know. Do you, what do you guys feel? I mean, do you feel that that's do you feel like some of these guys make it up? Do you feel that they have some type of an actual injury? You know, or is it? I mean, I you'll mean, never know unless you're on the court, like, and you're that person. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of these guys are fighting some sort of pain by the end of, especially like in a major when you're playing a fucking five setter. Like, I guarantee it doesn't feel good to make it through that. But um, I do think that if you're winning or losing, uh, might make a little difference for what your pain tolerance might be in that moment. Um, for sure. Like, I, I, I definitely think we've seen some guys who, like, could have toughed it out, but they, like, there was there was an easy way out, and they didn't have to try anymore. Like, all right, well, fine, fuck it. I'll just... So, so pretty much what you're saying is a mental... So what you're saying is a yeah. mental status was already down. So they're like, well, fuck this. I'm, why, keep, why keep moving? I'm just going to lose anyways. So I'll just lose yeah. and say I'm injured. Well, can you? Imagine? I think they're legitimately feeling pain. Like I don't think they're like, oh no. Like, well, no. But, I mean, like, it's not in their like... brain. They're like, oh man, yeah, I just can't push through this. But it's like they can. If they're winning, they would. So yeah. I think it's like a psychosomatic thing, I guess. Well, especially if you've got like, let's say you've got like something going on, some aching pain that's just bothering the hell out of you, um, and you're in Australia and it's like the heat of the day. So on court, it's like over 100 degrees. You're down two sets to love, <laughs> um, and you're not feeling your pain. I mean, that's yeah. The, I'm sure that there's some of that going on where the, they don't want to, you know, continue to make an injury worse when there's little yep. to no coming back. Um, yep. that 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 particular situation is going to be pretty miserable. So they've got oh. a, a tattoo scheduled at Bondi Inc. later that day. Priority. <laughs> 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 I mean, I get that, but like, just look at Rafa though. I mean, he played against Taylor Fritz and he had an abdominal injury. Doing having an abdominal injury and trying to serve is that's going to be a that no, is not going to be feel that's not going to feel the greatest, and it's going to uh-huh. suck. But he somehow managed to win in five. That's you know, why so he's Rafa though. It's it's all mental. It's it's how yeah, you overcome yeah. things. I think he was even down. What I think he had to win the next like the, that set. He was down two sets to one to win, and then come back win the fourth, and then the, then the fifth. Is that correct? So it just right. shows you he was he was down two you know two one, and and at Wimbledon quarters, so it's like you know what what's what's going on with with the rest of the guys, you know why think why can't they have that mental side of things all under control? I think it's just that that just goes to show how freaking incredible the big three are. Yeah, more than anything. I mean, it's like I don't know, like you see see that with like the NBA, they're like too, like we've got. A bunch of really good players, but like nobody's got that Mamba mentality. Well, that's because nobody's freaking Kobe Bryant. <laughs> we need to get LeBron on the podcast. Yeah, he says about that. I think I'm all right. Yeah, I think I'm good on that. We don't need any sponsorship from China. <laughs> get hit, get his take on the Sabalinga victory. You know exactly. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he was <laughs> loving that man. Belarus and Kazakhstan. Going at it. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ian. Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's Ravikina. Yeah. Yep. That's what she changed Moscow it for. In Kazakhstan. <laughs> Quality. All right. <laughs> so we've, I feel like we've, we've done a pretty good job today. So, you know, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, it's been a, been a pleasure. Uh, please keep tuning in. We'll keep having more more stuff come up. Um, you know, definitely we'll have a little bit of a time off uh, before our next episode. 
Uh, but please keep listening if you are. Um, you know, breweries. You know, we're we're coming for you to get those to get those <laughs> official sponsors at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys, take care and uh, keep on listening. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Yep. Cheers.